Welcome to the ETOP Academy. I'm your host, Richard Walsh, best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, The Contractor's New Way to Scale, Regain Control, and Fast-Track Growth While Loving Life. I've got a great guest today. I've got Thomas Keenan, another best-selling author, because, you know, we hang in those kind of circles. All right, great entrepreneur, guys, building businesses, helping others do the same. So I'm going to bring Thomas on. We're going to get into some really great stuff today regarding business, building your business, and any, any other direction this may take us. So, Thomas, come on board, man. How are you doing today? Richard, what's up, my man? Sir, I'm grateful to be here. Uh, really, really grateful for the opportunity to come here, speak with you, another person who's... Um, very in alignment with with what I'm doing and kind of my mission and the purpose I've been put here on this planet, and that's to help others succeed in business. So, thank you, sir. I appreciate the warm welcome. Absolutely, man. That's it is our mission, you know. And it's, you know, one funny thing, real quick. People always say you're like bringing, you're like interviewing people who do what you do. Isn't that competition? And I said, dude, it's a big world. I yep. said it doesn't matter. Like Thomas, and I can stand side by side and talk to people. Half the group will go to him. Half the group will go to me. Because everybody's you different. Know, They're drawn to different people, right? Yeah. And just from my own perspective and the way that I look at that, that tells me right now that you have an abundance mindset. You're an abundant thinker. Um, because, yes, there is plenty to go around for everybody and then some. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and, and again, just like you, that's one of the things that we got to work with our people, right? People who come under our wing, we actually have to correct that method of thinking in their business, because they're no, always I, getting in their own way because they just don't, they got, it's too much scarcity. Totally. So um, one of my businesses is GPS tracking and dash camera installation in commercial vehicles. And in that business, I've started a Facebook group. I go in there and I basically open up my playbook and show my cards to everybody in the industry who's a member of that group. Okay. And we're, we're very picky and stringent on who we allow into that group. You have to be within the industry. Um, and I have people hit me up all the time like, hey, Tom, how come, how come you give out all of your secrets and your game plan and the way that you do things? And to me, it's my mission to help others succeed in business, first of all. And second of all, what I've realized is I can literally tell someone or show somebody exactly how to do something and 95 to 98% of the people will never follow through and, and complete it. Man, that's the truth right there. I've also a, a great mentor of mine had told me once, he goes, well, listen, I can create faster than can, they can copy. Mm-hmm. He goes, I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, again, when you're, when you're out in front, you know what I mean? And this is what you live for. And this is what you do. Believe me, you can, we can create, I, can, I have so much content. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes too. But you're right. The main thing, well, you just said, 95% will not take action on that. I mean, you can lay it out, perfect blueprint form, they won't build a house. You know what I mean? Yep. That's just the way it is. And it's it's a shame. And that, I think, is why so many businesses fail because they're not willing sure. to do the work, even if they're given the work. You know, either they think it's I, they know better or they just aren't don't they don't have the work ethic to get it done and the consistency to keep moving forward with it. Yeah. You know, it's something that uh, that I see in the business coaching space. I'm sure you do as well. And I call it the curse of the small business owner. You know, most most business owners are an amazing technician within their business. When I say technician, I'm not talking necessarily about uh, someone in a blue collar role. However, that's usually what most people refer to. But if you're involved in any fulfillment role whatsoever in your business, you're you're the technician, in my opinion. So, pretty much what what we see is these people become amazing technicians within their business, 
or, or before they start their business, they transition, they have this bright idea to go open a business and then they focus on what's comfortable and what they know. So you focus on the technical aspects of the business, you focus on the fulfillment, you focus on whatever it is that you did at your past job and accounting, the bookkeeping, uh, the legal, uh, paying the bills, uh, ordering products and supplies, that all goes out the window and becomes something that goes in the back burner. And, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that when I have time. And that right there is just the curse of being a small business owner in today's society. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, that's at ETOP, you know, escape the owner person. That's what it's about. That's how they trap themselves. You know, they got, they got stuck in that mindset. They kept trying to do everything. They couldn't let go of things. They couldn't delegate. And that, that, that's what draws them back. And they, they, they don't have time to even plan to scale. Right. So many guys are kind of, I would, this is how we say it. They're just trying to get the next Friday. They're no different right. than a, an employee. Right? Sure. They're, just, they're yeah. just trying to get the next Friday. And when they do, they, they feel good until Monday. Then they realize they got to get to the next Friday. So it's a weekly struggle. It's just, you know, it's, it's the rat race. It's been on that, that wheel, that constant wheel. And it, it, the ride never ends. And the only way for it to end is to stop working in your business exclusively and slowly start to work on the business. So, yeah, you're still going to have to work in the business as you're building the company to an extent. But there comes a point in time where you need to transition and transfer yourself out of your own way and start working on the business and not in it. Yeah, that's and that's that's a powerful point. And the thing is what people have to do, I think, and tell me if you agree with this. It's it's basically like if, you know, chopping down a tree, man, you got, you know, maybe you can't with an ax. Okay. You, you got a three foot wide oak tree. You're not taking that sucker down in one day, but each day you're taking five or 10 swings at it. Right. And then the next day you're coming yep. back and, and chipping away. So in your business, that's roll upon roll upon roll. Maybe it starts with an office manager. Maybe it starts with just a foreman on a crew. And then you move into the office admin and then you, you, you keep taking each step. Maybe it's a month, maybe it's six months, maybe it's longer is creating systems. That may take a few months to, you know, put in place or create or whatever you have to do to customize. But that's how you do it. And you understand that, you know, yes, it's going to be three and a half years. But at that three and a half year point, you know, you're looking at some massive freedom and ability to really run and scale a company, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the key uh, points here that most people miss is that if you are the business, your business pretty much is worth nothing, has zero value. However, if you take the time to build out the systems and processes, assign the roles, start delegating and put a team behind you, well, guess what? Now you're building an asset that's actually worth something. So if you choose to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years from now to sell the business, or maybe someone comes to you and says, hey, I'd like to acquire you, you have, you have a tangible asset that's worth money at this point. And if you continue to go down the path of just being the, the business owner, the technician who does everything yourself, who puts no trust into people on your team, then what's it really going to be worth? Not much. Absolutely. We've had the little Facebook discussion last few days, actually. And I had a, um, a financial guy who actually specializes in, you know, customizing sales of businesses, you know, and the whole thing, the whole process from get go, whether it's transitioning family or just you want to you want to walk away or whatever the deal is. And it was it was interesting to discuss and talking about assets is, you know, I'm a believer in you're the business's best asset. Right. But people get confused with that because as the asset, I'm building the great people because a lot of people are going with great people, right? Great teams. And they're right. Mm -hmm. But without you leading and building and putting those teams together and creating the culture where people want to stay and work. And the financial guy agree with me too on this was that's what they're going to buy. 
right? Yeah. See, I want to walk away. Okay. If I sell my business, I'm shaking hands, taking my check, and I'll see you. Okay. Yep. I'm Have not nice staying day. on, but you know, just we're done. We're good. If the next guy runs it in the bit into the ground, okay. So what happened? He had all these good people, but he ruined the business. See, so right. it really comes down to that leadership that's so important that can conduct and implement all this stuff we just talked about and keep a business moving forward and create massive value between the team and of course, customer, customer lists. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, you probably experienced this too, but I find it so difficult to get some of my coaching clients and, and other small business owners into the frame of mind, the mindset that as you start to develop the roles within the business, as you develop the systems and processes, and I don't care if you're a one-man band, you have a system and process, okay? The problem here is most people don't document what they do. They, they refuse to document. And I think it's such a mistake, especially in today's day and age with all the technology that we have at our fingertips that, you know, were once only reserved for, for big major, uh, you know, billion dollar or international corporations. You know, the power of free apps such as uh, Loom.com, which is a Google Chrome plugin, to do screen recordings. The fact that you have a uh, 4K camera on your smartphone that's in your back pocket 99% of the day. You know, these are all tools that we need to leverage to start documenting how we do what we do. And this is, this is my way of, of helping my clients get the genius out of their head and into a documentable form so they can then pass that inner genius, that, that um, knowledge that they know onto their people and elevate their team. No, it's 100%. You know, I was talking about this too the other day. Same thing you, you, you got. There's no better time than right now to be in business, to start a business, to be in one, to improve your business. The accessibility, all the things you just mentioned for nothing, they're free. Okay. Obviously, you got to have a phone, whatever. But in general, you know, I've been doing business for over 30 years. Okay. When you had to have a camera and slides and you had to, you know, it was like, you know, to, to get print material done, it was thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? Now you yeah. can, you can do everything electronically and it's just, it's absolutely amazing. Design your own stuff and whatever. So there's really no excuse, but that documenting, like you're saying, journaling the journey, right? Because now that's all now repeatable for everyone. Like I always tell people as part of your, you know, as part of your manual operations manual, it's in video. Like you said, it's Loom. Record, mm-hmm. do a screen recording of how you click, 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 do this. Okay, this is how you enter an invoice. That way when the when the when the new you know office person comes in, whether they're taking a place of someone else or going, they can watch a video 15 times if they want to get it mm-hmm. down. And they don't have to come bother you. Exactly. That's, you know, you're just making it repeatable. The whole intent here is listen. Every person on this planet has a finite amount of time. We can only do so much within the, the given hours per day, right? And if, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again with your, in your business, you're asking the same questions, you're helping the same employees uh, cross the same hurdles, there's a problem. And the problem most likely is you and your leadership, as harsh as it may sound. No, I agree. Also, the other problem is like, yeah, because you're not thinking like, wow, if it, it is the same so anyone could do this. <laughs> okay. yep. so, you know, if I actually put this down and create the manual, I can just get the next guy, right? Who can fill my role so I can move on to the next thing. You know, but you're right. They yes. don't think it. They just think that they're the master. Okay. And no yeah. one can do it better. I always tell people, I go, you may be right, but if the next guy can do it 90% or 95% as good as you, trust mm-hmm. me, the customer won't know the difference. 
Yeah, I agree. Guaranteed. I agree. You know, um, this this may be um, perceived as a little harsh by some people, but it's it's just it's it. I think it's the truth, and it's probably my opinion too. But the simple fact is this, and and I had one of my early on business coaches uh, who was teaching me how to develop systems and processes, and he would always preach to me. He would say, "You need to make it." very simple. You need to make it a paint by numbers kind of system. So step one, you do this. Step two, you do this. Step three, you do this. That's it. Keep it as simple as possible. And what winds up happening is if you simplify the role enough, you can actually hire a, an employee who is at a different skill set level. They may not have to be that rock star to come in and fulfill that role. So ultimately, as you as the business owner, instead of you going out there and finding one rock star that's going to cost you, let's say, $125,000, $150,000 a year, you're going to go out there and you're going to be able to find maybe three people for $150,000 a year in total. And you're going to fill multiple seats and multiple roles within your business and more people equals more time, which equals more things can be more tasks can be completed within one given day. And you can create redundancy, right? And when one of those three doesn't show up, you're covered. Yes, you are. When, covered. when the rock star doesn't show up, the doors get shut. Because yes. <laughs> that's the problem with that one. I always talk about that. But the one great person it's awesome, but they also tend to burn out. Because mm-hmm. you keep you keep loading more and more on their shoulders because they always say yes, and then yeah. one day they don't say no; they just stop coming in because mm-hmm. they got a better offer, less work, same money, more money. Doesn't matter. They just you know it's never a money issue anyways. For the most part, nine and a half times sure. out of ten, it's not a money issue. It's a you know it's it's a culture issue. You know yep. it's a responsibility issue. You know so you know I I think you're right on the money with that, and that's something people need to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is something that that I don't just um, give theory on. I've lived it personally. So my first business I started when I was 21 years old. I had $300 cash in my pocket, and I come from the car audio uh, space. I was a custom car audio installer for years. And like I, I we started talking about at the beginning of this episode, I was a technician. I really knew what I was doing inside the vehicle. There's nothing I couldn't do. And I started the business and I was the business. The business could not operate. The business could not generate income unless I showed up and produced the work as the technician each and every day. So I was the one who had to come in every day, work on the customer's car, and then deliver the vehicle to the customer, show them how to use everything, and then collect the money. If I didn't show up, no money was made. And uh, I, I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, Stress of being a new business owner, not knowing what I was doing whatsoever, uh, working 20 hour days, pretty much on my feet, probably almost all day for the most part, um, and just not taking care of myself health and fitness wise, eating what I shouldn't have been eating, drinking too much alcohol, beer mostly. And um, what wound up happening was I gained so much weight that I hurt my back. I, 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 had multiple slip discs and herniated discs in my lower back at the age of 25. And one day I kept pushing the envelope, pushing, I got to work. I got to work. I have to show up. I have to get the work done. doesn't make a difference how much pain I'm in. I still have to go to work. And one day my body finally quit on me and it forced me. It said, Tom, you're taking a timeout. And uh, by the way, it's not just going to be for today, but we're going to give you a good three week timeout. And that was it. I laid in bed for three weeks while my body healed and in that three week time period, enough damage was done to my company where I had to go in and close the doors. So that right there was, was a very humbling life lesson that I lived 
uh, at an early age. And I, I swore to never do it again if I had gone into business a, a second or third time in my life later. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's, there's nothing better than real experience. You know, I was the same thing. I was very fit coming out of the Marine Corps, started the business, stayed kind of fit. I was boxing. I did all kinds of stuff. But then my business took off, you know, 10 years down the road, same thing, you know, packing on the LBs. I'm now pushing like 290. You know what I mean? Still getting the thing done, still trying to be physical. I never had real injuries, but the discomfort eventually just, we're like, we like paralleled each other, right? Same thing. But the other thing that, that you just made a good point on was, and I think a lot of people in the last eight months have experienced this was three weeks down, a month down, your business is gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sad. Okay. And, and we always learn hard lessons and I, I don't, I feel bad for anyone had to go through that because that was out of their control which really stinks, right? But again, this is our mission. You and I both is to help guys. You don't want that to happen. You can't get taken out by a three week low, you know, by a minor recession or whatever you you get, you got to bulletproof the business, right? Yeah, you really do. So fast forward a few years, I start my second business, which is the GPS installation business. We're talking about uh, five years into it, my wife comes and tells me she's pregnant. We're having a kid. And I'm a firm believer that life altering events change you, like drastically change you. Agreed. And I found out that I was becoming a father and it was time for me to become a responsible adult at 35. <laughs> so now it wasn't just me. It wasn't just the wife. It wasn't just the house or the cars that we owned. It wasn't just the dog that we owned. It was Okay. I'm bringing life into this world. I need to go and make sure that we're all taken care of. And that's when I started to get serious and start to heavily self-develop myself. So fast forward uh, two or three years from that point. So I was, I guess, 38 at the time. Um, I had been working on my business, Top Class Installations. uh, And I had gotten to the point where I systematized a lot. My partner and I had invested a lot of money and coaches and masterminds and really going and intentionally learning how to better ourselves and better our business. And I'm really grateful that we did because whether you expect it, whether you think it's going to happen or not, life is going to come at you when you least expect it. Right? So my wife um, gives birth to, uh, to a pair of twins. We have twins now as well. So I've got three kids in total and um, my twins are a boy girl. My, my son, his name is Thomas as well. When he was six months old, uh, so I, I currently live in Dallas, Texas, but I, I was born and raised in New York uh, up until about a month ago, by the way. Um, so it was the middle of uh, New York winter. There was literally a blizzard outside. There was two feet of snow that was falling on the ground. And my wife looks over at me at about one o'clock in the morning. She goes, um, I got to take Thomas to the hospital now. Her mommy instinct kicked in and uh, I, I wasn't arguing with her. So I knew something was up, but I didn't know how serious it was. But when, when my wife went into action mode, I was like, okay, mom is, is alert to something that I just don't know. And I'm just going to, I'm going to play follow the leader here. And I, I'm, I'm glad that I did because she, she went up taking him to the local hospital. And a few hours later, I get a phone call from her and I hear all this road noise in the back and, and, and ruffling and long story short, she's in an ambulance with my son on the way to the children's hospital, which is just outside the New York City border. So almost an hour from where I was living currently at the time. And she's like, hey, uh, we're on the way to the children's hospital. Thomas has to go in for emergency surgery. He's got an intestinal blockage. They tried to release it at the hospital with no luck. We're going in, this has to happen now. 
It's like, oh, okay. So the next morning, uh, I had to wait a couple hours in the middle of the night, of course. My mom comes to my house. She takes over, taking care of the rest of the, the, the girls at my, my house, my other daughters. And I, I went over to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, I called my business partner and I said, hey, I said, um, I have a, a, a major emergency that's going on right now and I, I need to go handle it. So I'm, I'm shutting off the world until this is done with and I can comprehend and, and do what's doing. So I shut down the laptop. I powered it down. I basically put my phone on airplane mode and only called or interacted with people when I needed to. And for three weeks, I was absent from my business again. The difference is here on round two of this, when I returned to the business, it was still there. It was still generating revenue and income for the business. I still had employees who were running the systems and processes that we had created. And in actuality, I came back three weeks later and we were in a better spot financially as a company than the day I left. That's the best news ever. Right. You know, it's it's funny, Thomas. I don't even know all this stuff. But dude, I'm telling you, we're like parallel universes, okay? But I'm a competitive individual, so I'm going to one-help you right now, okay? All right, let's so go. <laughs> first, first kid at 39, all right, mm-hmm. at the business run all that time. Then I ended up having six kids in three years, wow. okay? So we've got, well, basically, I'll tell you how it works really. I got a set of biological twin boys. Then I have three adopted siblings and I have my biological daughter. And, you know, so they're like all the same age. So it's crazy. So basically I have like two sets of twins. They're three weeks apart, my daughter and one of my sons. And uh, so just nutty, right? So this was all in like, you know, 05, 06, 07, 08 hits, everything crashes. You know, so that's why I'm going to go through my whole story. But it's just kind of cool because my daughter had to be air back to a children's hospital for asthma. She actually died. They brought her back and everything else, you know. So we we it was just amazing stuff, you know, so I get it. And it's all of this. And again, to your point, you know, things kept working. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the amazing thing, you know, just because we had planned it that way. You know, you had learned from your first lesson. You know what I mean? And that's and that's the key because we all make and you'll never be done making mistakes, you know, having some yeah. failures here and then, you know, but you're doing that fail forward kind of thing. Right. You want to keep moving forward. And and you did that and you were able to take that a three week emergency. OK, not even a plan three weeks. OK, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a kind of a big key right there of what you were saying. OK, when you make a phone call. And you basically tell them you got to check out for three weeks because it's then you didn't know it was going to be three weeks probably, but nope, whatever no it was going to be, right? That's the testament. If you tell everyone, hey, in three months, I'm going to be gone for three weeks, mm-hmm. you can get things in place, right? You can, you can, you, you can prop things up to get you through your three-week, you know, leave of absence. But yep. when, when you're talking, it happens in the middle of the night and it goes on for three weeks and you're able to still continue the business and actually increase because that's the goal. You know, if I can leave for a year, come back and my business is more profitable, I'm a raving success. Mm-hmm. You're a real business owner at that point. Yeah, that's what it's about. You know, but when you talk about family too, you know, in, in my academy, we, I go through this a lot as they go through each, each level of the academy. And it's always about communicating with the family, right? Mm-hmm. So I just tell people, you, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you are different, okay? You are in the minority of minorities out there. Okay, so your thought processes, how you see things, how you communicate is so vastly different than the average person. And this could include your spouse. Right. So like my wife, is, she loves that I do business, but doesn't want anything to do with it. 
totally cool. She's right. raising six kids. She's busy. We homeschool. Okay. She, she does all that stuff. So she's busier than I am. Right. But the point is that you've really got to understand, like, this is, this is the plan going forward. And to be able to communicate with your family, to get them on the same page, is a huge deal. You know, so you, that's why when you do a business plan, literally your, your day-to-day, your week-to-week, your month-to-month, your exit strategy, the, your family, in my opinion, your family's got to be in on this completely. They don't have to help you. Mm-hmm. They need to support you. They need to understand where this, where this train is going, right? Yeah. They don't want to be on the mystery ride. No one likes the mm-hmm. mystery ride. You know, you can go to the amusement park and only last 30 seconds, okay? They don't need 10 years of a mystery ride. Right. So the more so that true. you're able to fill them in and show them here's step by step. And again, you don't have to do it all the time, but each time you're going to the next level, you share that and what it's going to be and what you anticipate the struggles, you know, to be and, and the sacrifices and everything else. Now you've got a real, you know, real cheering unit for you and they understand that they're able to endure that with you. Have you found mm-hmm. that to be true? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's, uh, um, I talk heavily about core values in, uh, in my book. And to me, it's everything. And, and one of my core values, and this, this, this flows not only from my personal core values, but it flows into each and every one of my businesses, is the core value of communication. Okay, And so we have communication as a core value. And the way that we put it is this. We practice open and direct conversation. Simple as that. And if there is not open and direct conversation, if that communication isn't there, then there's going to be problems that stem from it. And communication could be you and I speaking right now. If this was face-to-face, face-to-face at Zoom, um, it, it could be emails, it could be text messages, it could be Facebook, it could be some kind of instant messaging platform that we don't know exists now. These are all methods of communication. And we have to be open and direct and get the point across to our people. And our people need to get, be able to get the point across, not only to us, but to the end user, to the customers, the people that we service as well. If there is no communication, that's when you start to see major issues within the company. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, because that's that's what because things fester in people's minds and their imagination takes over. When you don't communicate, you can't even believe what goes on in people's heads, the stuff they think. You know, you can see it if you do any, if you spend five minutes on Facebook, you can, you can see what, what people conjure up just in a conversation because you haven't yep. been clear about something. It's so yeah, that's that's an outstanding point, just an outstanding point on the communication aspect. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's honestly it's non-negotiable uh, at this point. You know, um, we're, we're big on core values. Any of the companies that I own and operate, you want to come in and work for us, and we're going to assess you against. We're going to basically put you up against the core values. We're going to test you. We're going to ask you uh, questions that that bring up about your personality and what you believe in, whether you realize it or not. And we want to see what kind of values you have. We're going to intentionally make you jump through hoops during the hiring process to pull out and figure out what kind of person you are. So there, there's several things, you know, and this, this is, this is going right into systems and processes. Right. So for us, we want to onboard the right people. And we, since again, going back to time, time, time is, is a finite thing. We only have so much of it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend all day reading through resumes when I'm hiring somebody. No, I don't have that luxury of, you know, reading through a pile of resumes on my desk. all it's, day. Long. It's, I call it reading lies. Yes, exactly. It is lies. (laughs) You need to be in front of me and then we'll talk. That's how it works. Yeah. So the the whole key, the way that I look at it is, well, if you want to get the, 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 um, 
if you want to get in front of me, we need to figure out if you can follow simple directions before I'm going to give you, before I'm going to award you my time. Simple as that. And I'm not saying that from a cocky or an egotistical perspective whatsoever. Okay. Just, this is how you have to think. Time is limited. You need to, you need to use it the best way possible. So with hiring processes, we put these, these processes in place and we install what we call hiring hoops. So if we use an Indeed ad or a Facebook ad or whatnot, I'm sure you've used Indeed or ZipRecruiter and they yep. give you um, like, you know, oh, uh, put, put your job posting together here. And, and for the person who's uh, the applicant, it makes it very easy for them. Upload your resume, blah, 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 blah. Basically, it becomes cookie cutter for that person. They can go and apply for 10, 15, 20 jobs a day and literally just press a button on their computer or smartphone. Right. Then you try to try to have them answer questions, right? Like, oh, here's three questions, here's five, and half the people skip them anyways, and then that shortens the list right there. (laughs) Yep. So what we do is is, it's identical. So what we do is this: we say, hey, uh, if you want to be considered for this role, do not submit your resume via this platform, whether it's Indeed or ZipRecruiter. We want you to send an email with this specific subject line to this email address, with this information. The people who don't follow directions never even begin going through the hiring process. I love that. So we weed out the BS so early on in the process that the people who actually show up in front of us, we're going to give them the time of day and speak to them because they've proven to us that they can follow simple directions. You know, what's funny about that, Thomas, is I think about that. I think about me, if that was me on the other end. Like I follow directions like that. I actually read everything. I'm very strange. I read everything. I read start to finish like a book, right? If I get your book, I start on the very first page. Okay. Out of respect for the author. Okay. I will go through the forward. I'll do proofs. I'll do, I'll do everything. People like you do. I go out of respect for the author, but I'm also that way. I would go through all those steps. I would do the supper line. I do this because, but again, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I think differently. I'm odd. And to me, you know, I would be just like, you. I'm asking these questions. You know, if I want something, I'm going to follow the directions to get that. So I really love that strategy. It's kind of, I do something similar, you know, to weed out, you know, B and C players, especially C players. You know, we do a little thing where we make them, we actually tell them, hey, you're going to supply me with the phone numbers of your previous managers and business Mm -hmm. owners. And you're going to arrange a conversation. Mm-hmm. with me and them because if you just can't ask them ask if you just call an employee previous employer you can't ask them why they fired them or are right. they any good you actually can but if the you know potential employee can then set up the conversation mm-hmm. all bets are off right right those people won't even finish filling out the application either yeah it's so true you know if, they, if they're coming from a disaster you know that they created you know mm-hmm. so yeah i love that man i love it so one of the other things, I love that too, with the way you're doing it as well, by the way. Um, one of the other things that we do that's been very successful for us, especially hiring uh, installation technicians, my GPS company, is we will ask them as they go through the hiring process, if they, if they get through the first two, they, they send the email correctly as we request. The next step, and we, we've actually automated all of this in our CRM system. The next step, the CRM system sends them an email and says, hey, here's a link to an online assessment test that we want you to take. Um, you have 48 hours to complete the test. If you don't complete the test, you're out. Simple as that. And on this assessment, there are 10 multiple, I'm sorry, there are eight, there's 10 questions total, 
Eight of them are multiple choice. And the last two questions are situational based. The funny part is the eight questions that are multiple choice, you can Google the answers. Okay. So whether you have the skill set or not, I have no idea. Right. But the simple fact that you have actually completed the test. And when I get the test submitted in, into back into the hiring process for my team, we're not looking at the results of that test. I don't care what answers you put down there. I'm simply looking for the fact that you completed the assessment that I asked you to complete. Now, the further along we get down the hiring process, if we've got, let's say, three or four candidates at the end, and we're like, all right, well, we only need to hire two, then I'm going to start looking at those answers, but not until we get further down the road in the process. Yeah, that's awesome. What do, what do, uh, from there, do you do a, a brief phone interview? And then before you do any in person, is that your next step? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So once the, uh, the assessment comes in, uh, we have uh, another email. So basically my, my system knows the assessment came in. It then sends an email back out to the candidate and says, Hey, you know, we got your information. Great. And by the way, uh, since all this is automated and these emails are going back and forth, and if the person is responsive and they're a good communicator, hint, hint, a core value, we're going to be able to tell because they're replying to all the emails, right? So if you're not a good communicator and you miss the emails, well, guess what? You're out and we don't want you because you don't have our core values anyway, or right. one of them. Right. So the system sends out another email and says, hey, book here. Here's a Calendly link. Get on the schedule of one of my uh, my office managers and they start going through the, the first level um, questions about, hey, you know, simple questions. What do you know about the company? Uh, why do you want to work here? That kind of stuff. And if we get the thumbs up or the green light from the office manager at that point, we then schedule an infield assessment with one of our installation managers on the road. So now, okay, you said you have all these skills and you, 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 you say you're good. Well, let's go in the field and uh, let's see what you have. And we get them in the field for a day where one of our installation managers who has, you know, dozens of years of experience at this point, uh, all of them do, um, basically assess them and say, hey, uh, does this person hold the skills that they say they hold? And more importantly, if I had to sit next to this guy for every day for the next five years, could I do it? And um, we go from there. If, if, the, if we get the green light from the installation manager in the field, then it goes back into the office where we start putting the offers together and uh, presenting them and saying, hey, you know, come on board. We'd like you to come be a member of the team. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, there's another in, important aspect you're talking about there that, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm sure you know this is built into your system, but I'm gonna, tell me if I'm wrong here. There is, what I tell people is you can't, you can't need to hire someone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Okay, that you what you've done there is you've built a delay. Right now, now, it could be four days, it could be two days, it could be a week and a half, right. But that delay is also testing people. As I always told people, I usually when I'm looking for people to work for me, I'm looking for someone who's already working. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually not looking for the unemployed. Okay, because yeah. it's unless there's very extenuating circumstances it's been two days or whatever, I, you know, but for the most part, you want to take the people who are working or looking for it because they're looking for more than, you know, they, there's more to them getting the job than a paycheck. Yeah, right. If they're true. working now and they're looking for something else. There's, and it's the things that you, I'm telling you specifically, that they're going to bring to their life. 
you know, that mm-hmm. company culture, that whole process, those core values, you know, so, but, but by, ex, by extending the interview process, again, whether it's five days a week, that day in the field is amazing right now. That is, that is something they, and here's, here's the beauty of it. Not only is it delayed, but the, this is what I love what you're doing is they know this is a serious job application, mm-hmm. right? They're working to get the job. Okay. They got to keep putting out just to get hired. So what you're able to do, I see you like you're you're basically like you're not grooming them in a sense, but you're like you're really testing them. Do you really want this job, or are you just looking mm-hmm. to get out of where you're at and just yeah. you, know, you you just shot a web to another place? Now you're going to let go of the other one and swing to the next one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're Spider-Man going down the alley, you know, or are you really looking at like you and, and the right people will appreciate that effort that you put them through to get that job. So I think mm-hmm, in the long totally. run, you're creating great longevity and retention in your employees. Is that what you found from that? Oh, 100%. So the whole backstory and the whole reason that we wound up developing this hiring process was the fact that we had three awful hires back to back to back and, and several before then. But we had we were in a jam. We had some major projects going on up in the Northeast for GPS installations. And, and when I say major projects, you know, we get fleets of hundreds, if not thousands of vehicles to install tracking devices in. So it's not like we're going in there, we're going to show up for a day, we're going to install five or 10 devices and we're gone. You know, we're, we're getting three, four, 5,000 vehicles at one clip and we have three to six months to complete the job. So you start stacking these projects up and, and there's work to do, you know, and it, it's long-term work. So we got ourselves into a jam where we sold too much work. Okay, so the sales machine was working great, but the fulfillment pipeline was pinched. So, okay. Like you're saying, you're in a jam, you need people. At that point, you you go with the old small business owner mentality, the small business owner's curse, and you say to yourself, anything with a pulse will do. I just need a body. And that right there is the worst thing you could do because people don't fit your values. They don't share your mission. They don't share your vision. And they show up, they want a paycheck, nothing more, and they could care less about the quality of what they do. That's exactly what you end up with. <laughs> I mean, that's preaching to the choir, man. I mean, it's if you've been in business any any number of years, whether it's two years or 20, you know, you've experienced that, right? We kind of all go through that. But what I love is you created a way to make that not happen again. Yeah. And you that's know, what systems are about. Absolutely. I wasn't, put it to you this way. I don't feel that I'm a smart enough individual to to come up with this design, this system, the way that, that I was able to excel this business as rapidly as we have over the past couple of years was simply by hiring people who were smarter than me, people who had experienced it before and not people. I didn't hire people to come work for my company. I went out there and hired coaches and consultants and joined masterminds where people had been through this, who had experienced it themselves. And I learned from their mistakes. So I was able to get things done faster, better, cheaper, faster, okay? Because I was willing to pay a couple bucks up front to learn from people who knew more than me. So it's all about time compression. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's what that's what coaching does. You know, when you get it, when you get in the right masterminds and you get in the right coaching programs and people have been there. You know, it it if I wasn't so dumb, okay, when I was when I was younger, cuz I was I was surrounded by brilliant people. I just was too arrogant to ask for help. You know, I, I was the only person in my way, you know, and totally. it, it, it took a, 
it took a long time and quite a crippling, you know, crippling experience to finally realize like the importance of those, those around you and asking for help, you know, because yeah. sometimes it's one person. He has a mm-hmm. one bit of light shown on the major issue and that starts the ball rolling in a good way, but you've got to, you got to let go of stuff, man, and just be open to be coached, trained. And then, like you said, in the beginning, take it and do something with it. Mm-hmm. You can pay for all the coaching you want and have great phone calls and have them come out to the business and walk around and put a plan together. But man, if you aren't going to do it, you know, I mean, hardcore do it, then it's just, you're just wasting money. You're wasting time and you're wasting money. And, you know, listen, just, just to be completely transparent, coaching is not cheap, especially the, the right coaching. And it's just a shame that, you know, some people are willing to, um, to let go of five and even six figures so easily and then to actually not do the work on the back end that their coach or their mentor is asking them to go do. Yeah, I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you, can, you can give them everything. They don't do it. Wait, I can't, wait, I can't do it all for you. Right. I'm going to help you, but this is your business. You got to take, you know, responsibility. You got, you got to take yeah. action. You know, you know, you hit on something good there. Sorry to interrupt. Um, okay. One of one of my coaches said this to me a couple of years back, and he basically said it like this. He's like, "Look, Ben. He goes, you have to be the one who goes in here and does this. I'm going to give you the game plan. I'm going to tell you." I'm going to give you the play. Here's what you have to go do, but you have to go do it. And he goes, if you're not willing to go do it and you think that I'm going to go do it for you, he goes, then I don't need you. I'll just go start the business and, and, and be the owner of that business myself. And so, the way that he put it that way to me, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, it was like a reality check. I was like, oh, all right, cool. I get it. Like now I get it. And then I went to work and got my stuff done. Yeah, that, that's what, you know, it's, you know, I'll give you a boxing analogy, okay? So I'm fighting, it's great, I'm really good, I won golden gloves, I'm state champion, I'm moving on, I'm doing all this stuff. But what I learned, because I had such a great coach, was the corner man, okay? The corner man's going to win or lose the fight for you. Grant, you can have skills, yeah, you can knock someone out in 90 seconds and do all that stuff. But when you're in a real fight, okay, and you are both working and the bell rings a couple times and you're still going... That 60 seconds on that stool, the great coaches are going to give you 30 seconds, catch your breath, have a little water with it. And they're going to, then they're going to tell you one thing, one thing, you know, he's extending this right. I want you to drop and give him a left hook to the body. It's open. Mm-hmm. It's there. Just put it on. It's going to land. And that's it. I mean, you've just been getting your brains beat out for a few rounds. You don't need a lecture. I know the five different things you need to do <laughs> to land a punch. You need one thing. Right. And I'll tell you, I was at a, I was at a big, like a four state regional tournament. Again, favorite to win. I'm throwing down this big, big dude from uh, Utah thumping, but the fight before my, my coach is also a boxer. He's my roommate too. He got, they both got disqualified. He fought some nutcase who grabbed him and threw him to the ground like twice. His bizarre. So he's all ticked off because we want to get to nationals, right? That's our goal. Mm-hmm. So he leaves the gym and he works my corner the next fight. I'm like, his name is Doug. I'm like, oh, Doug, Doug. <laughs> I got known for my corner. So kind of the head of the gym stepped in again, the the great example, I'm on the stool and he's telling me like nine things. Right. And I'm just thumping. I'm like, end up losing, got second in the four state, you know, totally ticked off. They hand me this little medal. I toss it over my shoulder, get out of the ring. I was really bummed out. Saw the video of it after. And I look, I'm like, my, my, my left hook to the body. I was coming across and set it up, right. To land on the kidney. And I'm like, 
That's all they needed. If they would have just told me to come up with the hook to the body, I would have stopped the guy because I'm great about it. <laughs> but it goes back to that coaching. It's that mm-hmm. one thing, those outside eyes, the person who can see it clearer than you can because you're too close. Yeah. You're in there throwing down. So it's a mm-hmm. great example of, of what quality coaching can really do. Yeah, it's 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 really a game changer. You know, um, unfortunately, it's got a bad connotation. Some people um, have had bad experiences with it. Maybe they haven't hired the right coach and they've just had poor experiences with it. Um, and I also think it, it it needs the right person to come in. And, you know, it's it's it may sound cliche, but you need to be coachable in order to be coached. And it's kind of not cliche, but um, it's not brain surgery either. Right. Well, you <laughs> but, know. The, yeah, the other example I give is, I mean, what professional athlete doesn't have a coach and multiple coaches? Yeah, yeah, in multiple I mean, areas of their lives. Right. I mean, it's just, it's what it is because it's not in business. I mean, you know, if you're a defensive end on a football team, you kind of know your job, right? Mm-hmm. You get that. And yeah, you can do other things. But when you're in business, this, is, this isn't one position. That's the issue, you know? So you've got to, you, 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 you're the coach, a sense of your own team. Right. So yeah. you work on the sideline, but you've got to get your players to perform, mm-hmm. you know, so the coach needs a coach. Right. Oh, so you've got, 100%. You've got to think about it that way. You don't want to be open to that. Like you said, and it, and it, and it shouldn't be cheap. You know, and I know mm-hmm. we're, we may be biased being coaches, but I'm just saying, as the saying goes, if you're not paying, you're not paying attention. Yes. Right. But you've got to pay for that expertise, just like you're going to charge a client to do something that you can do. They cannot. And why? Mm-hmm. Because you do it the best and yeah. you need to be compensated. You know, your, your quality, your craftsmanship or whatever it is comes at a price, mm-hmm. right? It's no different, you know, from the person who's going to take you to the next level. What's that worth in the long run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. You know, it's like, uh, I've got, I've got a client of mine who is a high-end diesel mechanic. Uh, he's a very, very wealthy man, very intelligent guy. Uh, however, he's, he works with his hands still to this day. Um, and he works on mega yachts. Um, and uh, I remember I was doing work for him in the car audio space many, many years ago. And uh, he had this computer that was in, it looked like a military style uh, case, very rugged. And I took it off the front seat of his van. And he's like, ah, be careful with that one. He goes, it's an expensive computer. So I said, Michael, you know, well, what's expensive? And he goes, that's about 35 grand for that computer. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to be very, very gentle with that one. Going to the so I put it off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started asking him as I got to, you know, build rapport and a relationship with this guy. I said, you know, well, what, what's with the computer? And he goes, well, that computer right there is just, it's, it's the future for these, these, you know, enormous yachts that I work on because that computer right there allows me to pull up to the side of the boat as it's docked and I can log in over Wi-Fi and run diagnostics without boarding the, the vessel. He goes, so I sit in my van 10 feet or so from, from, you know, the boat and I run full diagnostics. So I know exactly what I need to go in there, fix, replace or whatnot. So when I walk out of my van, he goes, I'm carrying, you know, a handful of uh, three, four, five tools maybe a sensor that I need to replace. I get onto the, onto the boat. I go in there. I do the work in 35, 40 minutes and I'm gone. He goes, that right there, that, that investment is what saves me massive amounts of time when I'm at the job site. So just because he's able to go in there and do the work of 
you know, let's say it would take a typical mechanic 10 hours to do that the manual way, right? And he goes in there and does it in an hour. He should still be compensated for doing the work that the guy does in 10 hours. He's, he's, put, he's made the investment into the right systems, the right tools for his business. And the same thing applies to coaching. It's as simple as that. 100%. You're getting my 30 years of experience. Mm-hmm. Put a dollar amount on that. You know, <laughs> so, so I'm just, you know, and people and it's and some guys get it, some don't, some have to be reminded, you know, mm-hmm. it's all good. But even with that, again, we've talked about this before that they have to do the work. You know, you've yeah. got to be coachable, which is good. But then you got to be you got to do it. You got to be doable. Right. You got to get out there. And you got to do it. You got to do it now. Got to go and take. I mean, there's guys I've coached and they, they're doing it as we're talking about it. Right. Yep. Literally, and before the session's over, the end of the day, things are happening, right? As as because they did that one thing that we talked about, you know, yep. already generating income, additional income. They've already got responses they're looking to get because they took action right there. There's no more better proof than that. You know, mm-hmm. you deliver those results, and then but you have to keep after it. And again, as Let's a CEO, it. yeah, you just you got to do it. Yeah. You're, you're holding your people accountable too. And some people need the accountability. You know, here's the deal. Okay. Um, when you work for somebody as an employee, you have a boss, someone stands over you and says, I need this done by this date or else. Okay. When you become the small business owner and you become the boss of your life, of your family, there is nobody above you except for maybe, you know, uncle Sam and the IRS who basically tells you what to do. But for the most part, day to day, there is nobody over you saying you have to get this done by this date. You have to do this right now or else. And one of the things that, that I like to, to basically coach and help my clients with is evaluating where they're spending their time. Because again, we've said it and I'm going to beat the dead horse here. But time is finite. We only have a limited amount per day. How we use that time is, is our choice, our decision. You might as well utilize it the best way. So it's up to you to go in there and figure out, all right, well, where am I going to go ahead and spend this time today? And I think a lot of people get caught up and start basically doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing within their business. You know, they'll go in there and Let's say, you know, you're, you're um, a self-employed individual, you're making 200 grand a year out of the company, yet you're doing $10 an hour tasks. Why are you doing that? You're actually costing your company money. And getting back to my point here is with time, as the business owner, you need to live and die by your calendar. Your calendar has to become your boss. So if it's important, in my opinion, it goes on your calendar. And that goes for family time, that goes for you spending time outside of work doing, uh, you know, activities that you, you enjoy, whether it's hunting, fishing, hanging out with the family, boating, whatever the case may be. Um, but you've got to schedule that time and you have to stick to the schedule. When your calendar says, hey, Tom, you've got to record a podcast today at 4 p.m. Central with Richard Walsh. Uh, what do you think I'm doing? Because my calendar is the boss. It told me what to do. So after this call, I have another one and I know exactly what I need to do. So you need to schedule your life and your business around that calendar. What days are you doing marketing? What days are you working on your social media? What days are you putting into, um, you know, a new landing page or a sales page for a new promotion you're putting together? You have to schedule all this out. At what time during the day are you taking client calls or are you doing sales calls if you're still in that role within your business? It all goes on your calendar and your calendar is your boss. Simple as that. Yeah, that, uh, man, that's... <laughs> That's the best thing. I'll tell you, 
when you are in control of your schedule, okay, and you don't actually schedule, mm-hmm. nothing gets done. You know, distractions take you away. There's no commitment, right? There's no commitment. Now, I'm a pressure guy, right? I, I'm, I'm a steel sculptor too, right? So I used to used to do a ton of huge stuff, get commissions mm-hmm. and things. And then people like, I'd ask when you want to done. Oh, whenever. I go, oh, that's a bad oh, time. Oh, I hate that. That's yeah, a bad time because it will be whenever. Mm-hmm. If you tell me you need it three days from now at three o'clock in the afternoon, it'll, it'll be, done. be done. Okay. Yep. If you say whenever and you finally ask, I'll get it done the night before I, before whenever happens. Right. That's just how I operate. So for me, like you're saying, that calendar thing is so huge. You know, having that, you know, you're blocking that time and you're doing that stuff and you know where you got to be and who you got to be with and what needs to be done. It's it's a game changer for your business if you want to grow and scale something and be the true business owner, CEO, you know, founder, you know, guy who's hands off the business and you're working on just the big stuff. You know, that's that's what you need to do. I mean, it's such a it's just a just such a valid point you just brought up, man. I love it. That's yeah. so cool. So one of the biggest things, if, if, if someone wants to succeed in business, I can give you one tip. And if you practice and preach and live by this one tip, you will be successful. And that is do what you say you're going to do. So if you tell someone you're going to show up at 4 p.m. to record a podcast, show up. And I guarantee you, you're going to be doing more than 80% of the population. That, that man. <laughs> See, I'm a big guy on time. Okay. Never late. Do what I think. I'm just, that's how I'm just, I don't know why. Maybe it's the Marine in me. I don't know, you know. Kind of I'd say so. Me, you know, but <laughs> it's just, it's just something that, you know, and it, it went, like you did, like I even checked with you today, right? I sent you, hey, we still on? If you're forward, like, absolutely. Okay. And then you're here on time. Okay. You have my respect. Okay. You've earned my respect because you've done that. You know, when guys are going to cancel 10 minutes before this, 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 it's, you lose, and I don't care if it's legit or not. I can't help myself, but the respect level goes down. Absolutely. You're going to have to work to bring it back up again. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, if I canceled uh, 10 minutes before we went on, whether it was legit or not, okay, I wasted your time because I ate up that hour time slot that you dedicated to me and you could never get that back. That's right. That's right. And then it, which brings a great final point here is, is that commitment to what you say, do what you say. Is, is put that time into that equation. Because like you said, if you have to miss your kid's soccer game, you're never getting that back. You're never going to see mm-hmm. him play that day, that age, in that game ever again. Okay. Yep. If you're going to schedule my hour to be with me and you bail on me, whether it's 15 minutes before, an hour before, I'm not filling that with another podcast guest, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've just, you've just sucked an hour out of my time. What am I worth? 30 years of business experience. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, do I send you a bill? No, we don't charge you beyond this, but you know, you just burned up my time. So for you to get that slot back again, you know, is going to be difficult for you. Yeah, you know, I agree. I'm just, I'm just not going to leave it open because, you know, I value you. See, I was mm-hmm. looking forward to talking to you, Thomas. I'm like, I was excited. I want to get this guy on. You would have, other than the time, I would have been bummed out because I didn't get to talk to you. Right. So you would have you would have took me down a notch because you blew me off. You know, yeah. so now you've caused emotional damage. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not that frail, but it's still, it's still I'd be like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's it's there for others. 
for others, they could mm-hmm. be, you know, they could be adversely affected emotionally. And then they've got the therapist bill and it can go on and on. Right. So, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's that's awesome. Well, Thomas, this has been just awesome. I just use that word too much, but it's just been spectacular. It's, it's, it's outstanding. And we'll stop with those words, but I love your insight, man. We are, I love meeting others who are doing what I do. Right. Because mm-hmm. in a sense, we kind of validate each other, you know, sure. to, to be straight up honest, you know, it's so cool to hear your view. You got really cool stuff. I've taken some notes. All right. I'm taking some stuff away from this. That's going to help me, you know, to, to get to my people too, you know, and I just, yeah. I just love having you on here and we're going to have to do some more. Yeah. I'm, I'm game for it. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned notes. Uh, I'm a big note taker and I've got a full page of notes that I took from speaking to you too. And that's one of the things that, that, that I love about doing podcasts and coming and interacting with other high level thinkers and entrepreneurs is that I get to learn and so do you, or so does whoever's going to listen to this podcast in the future. We get to learn from each other. So if you're not a note taker, you probably should take a couple of minutes out of your day and start jotting down some notes because when you write something down, you retain that information much greater than if you were to just hear it. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, if you think you're not going to learn something from anyone or everyone, okay, you got issues we got to work on because I can hear this, you know, I'm looking for the one nugget, you know, if I get one, if I get three, whatever it is, but someone's always has some kind of value you can pull, even if you think you've heard it before and you def, I'm, I'm long past knowing it all. Okay. I don't believe that anymore. You know, I was about the young and dumb me, right? I don't know everything. And my wife reminds me constantly that I don't know anything. Okay, so I got, I got that. Going. <laughs> you know, I'm not always right. She says, I disagree, yeah. but you know, it's, she could be right. I could be wrong. Though. But it's uh, you know, it's part of, it's part of the, part of the joy, right? Having the family and the, and, and the backstop there, but it's good. So yeah, absolutely. But we'll definitely get together again. And uh, I, I just appreciate you carving out your time out of your schedule to be here with me here on the ETOP podcast. And uh, it's just been awesome. So thanks again. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And, and like I said, when we first started, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have a great conversation with you and to get in front of your audience. And, and, and like we started out saying, you know, we're doing this because we're both here to help others succeed in business. And speaking of that, let's give your creds, let's give some place people can get a hold of you, follow you, everything else. Give your Facebook yeah. and websites and all that cool stuff. Sure. So the easiest place to get a hold of me is uh, there's two websites you can go to. The first one is connectwiththomas.com. And for anyone who's taking notes, which we just discussed, you should be. Uh, my name is spelled with no H. My name is formally, it's Tomas. So it's connectwiththomas.com. You can also find me at thomaskeenan.com. That's my main uh, website. There's links to my books, my podcasts, my blogs. uh, And on connectwiththomas.com, there's pretty much a link to every digital asset that I have online, uh, all my social media content and links to social media stuff and uh, different softwares that I like to use. There's some affiliate links that, that are up in there just to be completely transparent, but it's, 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 it's systems and tools that I truly believe in and could not operate my businesses without. I love it. I'm going to put that in my show notes too. Okay. So people Great. will be able to get those right out of the show notes also. So give the, um, give the, uh, the, the G rated version title of your book. Sure. So, um, uh, June 2019, my book came out and a few weeks later become no, number one bestseller. And uh, the title of my book is Unf Your Business, Stop Business Self-Sabotage by Getting Clear on Your Core Values Now. 
And in that book is, is basically a lot of what we talked about today. Uh, gives a, a good story about me, how I came up, uh, the struggles that I faced, how I overcame several of them, um, and where I was up until the time when I wrote the book. So it was, it was a great thing, fantastic journey that I went on to write the book. I learned a lot about myself uh, through the process, and I highly recommend it to anybody here who's an entrepreneur. If you want to establish yourself as the authority in whatever industry you're in, write a book. See, I told you we paralleled. I was the end of July last year, my book came out, bestseller a week later. So see, I'm telling you, it's a good thing. See, this, this, this is what the greats do. You see, let's just say it. Let's just be yeah. honest here. It's what the greats do. We're on that path. It's all good. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. I, I again, recommend your book. Everyone should get it. I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes too, guys. So, you know, if you don't get all the way to the, end of the podcast, podcast, how dare you? If you don't, but it'll be in the show notes. All right. Thomas, again, Thanks, thank you so much. You bet, man. You have a great one. I appreciate it. You too, sir. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the E-Top Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with E-Top on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.